This is Unfiltered, episode 146 for June 3rd, 2015. Another Fox News alert now because the Senate's going to try yet again in a matter of moments to try and save most of the Patriot Act. They will try and move forward with a bill that would reinstate some of the expired NSA surveillance powers. This after Kentucky Senator Rand Paul proved to be a success in changing the law so far. Hello and welcome. Yes, you have tuned in to the Unfiltered Show, Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly show about the news that you should not be watching. No, we're not going to filibuster. We're not going to waste time. We're going to give you the news that you should know about. My name is Chase. Joining me is my good friend and host, Mr. Chris Fisher. Hello hey. there, buddy. Episode 100 and... Uh, 46. I know. Oh, wait, I, why did you repeat it? You be, didn't have to repeat no, it. No, you asked me a question. I, I will give you an answer. I was just testing you because I know you're big time now, and but I wanted I, to see I, how I, your reflexes were. I, I didn't say it. So, I, uh, did you know? See, I had a nice flow, yeah. had a nice smoothness, just, and you screwed it up. I just Chris, tried to test you. Replace, uh, replay the video because, see, no. I wasn't going to say that episode number because you already said it. No, I know. Redundancy is redundant. Hey, calm down. Calm I'm, down. Uh, where's my union rep? You see, I need my union rep. He's right getting now. all big time. On I us. need it now. Where's all right. my money? Well, let's, we got to right, back right, up. We got to right, tell right. the audience what's going on. Okay. Here, listen, audience, uh, you're gonna uh, get get a load of this. <laughs> if you got a cold one. <laughs> Crack it open because, oh, hush. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's only thirty seconds, man. Chase Nunes is uh, say That's goodbye. What she said. Say goodbye to the humble Chase Nunes as we knew him. Remember when uh, Chase in your face TK was just created? Well, no, no longer. Now he is big time. Chase Nunes will be fe- will be featured on a local radio station commercial as the Only voice for one point three million people. That, I mean, it's not a huge audience. That's right. Chase Nunes is now. So to actually back up, people yeah. that might not know, yeah. uh, what has it been? Three months? It's been two months. Two months. Two months. You got a gig at the local ABC affiliate uh, yeah. down in downtown Seattle, yeah. working at Fisher Plaza. Uh, it's not Fisher Plaza anymore. Oh, it's Como Plaza. Well, you should tell that to their caller ID because I got a phone call from Connie Thompson today. And it's at Fisher Plaza on the call. Oh, right she here. called you. Yeah, she did call she, me. She's going to come out here and do an she interview. She is going to come out yeah, tomorrow while I'm setting up. I got to tell you. Some, I, I, I got to tell you the story. So I'm, I got to tell you that story. Oh my god, I got to tell you the story. Right, and then I'll all tell right. you how my conversation with her. Okay. So hold right. on. Tell the people who Connie Thompson is. All right. For Connie Thompson is a longtime veteran at Como News. She's been there. I want to say twenty plus years. I could be even wrong. She could be there for thirty. But anyway, she's done a lot of consumer driven stories. And she's what they call a problem solver, an investigator. And so basically, uh, today, uh, so I work at Como, and she sent out an email uh, to the commune, if you will. <laughs> and uh, get it? Commune? Nope. Como? Com- anyway, that, there's Connie right there. Uh, she also anchors news. I mean, she's 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 professional. She's awesome. Yeah, I've always really liked her work, actually. Yeah. And- she so called anyway, me up today, and she was great to talk to. Yeah, okay, so, so, she, she, so she sent out an email saying, hey, do you have anybody, friends and or family, that is willing to talk on camera, uh, doesn't have to be today, uh, and they deal with PayPal? And the first thing that popped in my mind was Angelo and Chris, because obviously Jupiter Broadcasting, you got a lot of people who contribute to the Patreon. Patreon dumps into PayPal. Lots of things going on there. So I, I contacted Ange, and said, hey, you know what? Maybe Chris might want to do it. I Kicked it over to Chris, and Chris is like, sure. Sure. Uh, so I gave information, and Connie... Uh, yeah, so I was at a lunch, and uh, my phone rings, and it says uh, Frontier Plaza. And I'm like, well, that's probably Connie. Uh, he even Fisher, so I, but yeah. Oh, yeah, Fisher Plaza, yeah. It should say Como. Actually, I think it actually said something about... Now that I, now that I said Did that... Did it say Como Plaza? It's, no, it's no actually, to... I think it said Frontier, as a matter of fact. Frontier? Remember, yeah, I remember thinking that was really weird. Uh, let me hear. I'll look it up. All right, fair enough. Uh, so, anyways, I'm sitting there at lunch, and uh, I get a phone call. Of course, now it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't do it. No, yeah, fair enough. Because it calls. Anyways, and so it's Connie, and she starts talking me about PayPal. Yeah, and uh, she says, uh, "So, uh, did you uh, know where?" She... Yeah, she starts telling me. And I, yeah, of course I know. And uh, and I, you know, she starts. She she wasn't. She was like, "It's the." Uh, and I said, uh, "You know, even though you're on the do not." So you know, PayPal is changing their policy. That's right, because they're splitting away from eBay. Right, and it, as part of this, as part of this user policy change, they're going to be able to contact you and do marketing, even if you're on the Do Not Disturb, and also all of their affiliates will. And so she wants to see how people who use eBay feel, or uh, use PayPal feel about this, and she wanted to see if I knew about the story, which of course I do because I do Tech Talk today, and I've been following it. And um, so I started explaining what I do, and she's like, "Okay, wait, I'm picturing it. 
Uh, you're sitting in front of a microphone. There's lights on. You're setting up for your show, and we'll do the interview there. Can we shoot the interview while you're setting up for one of your shows? Which I'm like, well, what time will you be up here? And she's like, well, I'm gonna be. I could probably be up there by about 10:30. Well, 10:30 is probably exactly when I'll be setting up because we're shooting a double tech snap. Tomorrow. Oh, hey now. So I'm gonna go. So I'm gonna do tech talk today. Then I'm going to uh, get off the air with Tech Talk today. Then Como 4 and Connie Thompson, the problem solvers, are showing up. By the way, side, side, side note. Yeah. She didn't want to come up here. No, yeah. It's too far. It's too far. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> yeah, but but he, but I went to bat for you. You did? Because he, I, ironic thing happened today. So I sent the email uh, back to her. And she says, all right, well, I, I, I hope we get somebody closer because going up to Arlington yeah. from Seattle is a, is, a, is, a, is a pain in the butt. But get, so get this. Her computer had issues today. Oh yeah, really? So, You're kidding. So we use roaming, uh, migrating profiles, roaming profiles, oh, so yeah, a reporter yeah. can log in anywhere they want. Yeah. And so we did a, a server change, and some users were affected. She was affected. So when she logged into her computer, it was sitting at welcome for a long time because of migrating her profile. So she came down to IT. She's like, "Can you help?" And I'm like, "Sure." And I came up. Uh, and then she saw who I was, and I was like, "Hey, if you want a guy that's going to really be a great soundbite, Chris is your guy. Chris is Chris is going to be your guy." And she goes, "Well, uh, you know, if it all works, I'll give him a call." So awesome! So she reached out to you, um, and she's a really nice lady. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, she did so, seem really nice. Yeah, she's really cool, uh, and, and she really goes about for consumers. You know, I, I, I've I, there are a lot of the long timers there at Como. I just I think are like really good at their job. Like I, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Eric Johnson is excellent. Um, I mean, I know I'm biased, <laughs> but no, really, these guys are really true so pros. And now nice people. Chase is going to be one of the people who's on air. You recorded a radio spot. So how did that happen? All right. So it actually goes back to when I first got interviewed, believe it or not. So they saw my Geek Gamer stuff. I got to figure, too, if you're interviewing at a radio station, they got to, I mean, somebody there's got to be like, huh, that guy's got a good ear. Right. Or a good, a, a guy, yeah. guy's got a good voice. Because, like, I know when I, like, I just go out to lunch with people and I'm like, that person has a good voice. Right. They should be on, like, you just get an ear for it. Yeah. So, so basically it all started from then and uh, people talk to other people. It is, even though it's a, a lot of people that work there, they talk all the time. People talk to each other. Sure. And so. You're saying you gossip. So people gossip, and my fellow coworkers in IT, they know that I do voiceover stuff. They know I do the Geek Gamer thing. They know I do this show. And so they say, well, hey, whenever a voiceover guy comes over here, uh, they'll they'll come over and see me. And I've actually done small voiceover bits like the yeah, one, yeah. one guy said, yep. hey, say Como's dependable. Yeah. You know, now, how does this work? So these guys are just, what, they're, they're like walking around with microphones, and they're like, well, hey, for- IT guy. Uh, come over here and talk into this microphone. Well, like, actually, how does this work, dude? So, so for the sound bite, for the sound bite, they just walked over to our area. The guy had a, a digital recorder and an SM58, and uh, sure SM58, and he just said, "Hey, say Como's dependable." Something like that. You don't need to be in a soundproof yeah. area. Yeah, it's yeah. just a sound bite. But this time was different. Uh, Jay uh, came over and basically said, "Hey, you got a few minutes to do a read because uh, we we need a voice. Do you know do you know anything about golf?" And I'm like, "Sure, I do." Uh, he goes, "Well, so you know the term mulligan?" I'm like, "Totally, oh, of course, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah totally." Yeah. So he's like, "All right, so you're going to read the part of mulligan, okay?" <laughs> now I naturally, as you guys hear, have a pretty I would say baritone kind of voice, kind of a bassy voice, lower end, yeah, it's a lower end yeah. voice. So he goes, "All right, in fact, I, you, I don't even think like." Uh, yeah, like we we <laughs> you don't have any processing. No, it's on like me. The, the low ends are just whatever they're just whatever they are. Right. Yeah. 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 And these mics actually speci- specifically sort of cut down on low ends too. Right. So yeah, you do it. You have you you are naturally kind of in that area. It seems like it would be great for radio. Right. Yeah, I have a face for radio. But you didn't really. I mean, in this clip, it didn't seem it didn't seem like you were really accentuating. Well, the, I was going to explain that. So this commercial was uh, is for a golf course, obviously golf mulligan, all that all that stuff. But he wanted me to do it in a higher-pitched, lively kind of style. Excited. Excited. And <laughs> I did multiple takes on every line that you will hear in this in this 30-second final version I'm commercial. sure, yeah. But he's all right, all right, say it this way. Say it this way. Say it this way. Say it this way. And, you know, he he worked his magic. <laughs> and what you're going to hear yeah. is is the end result. All right, Chase. So, lay it on us, buddy. Are, 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 we, are we ready for the end this result? This is Chase's uh, premiere on the radio. Yeah, uh, on Como, uh, Como 1000 uh, and all that fun stuff. Meet Mulligan. Hi. 
I mean, hello. Anderson Island's Riviera Community Club has so many wonderful amenities, you'll want to enjoy them again and again. Riviera Community Club <laughs> offers members and their guests unsurpassed beauty and leisurely lifestyles. From combing the beaches to fishing the lakes to casual barbecues by the marina. You can say that again. And don't forget the golf. You can say that again, too. A short, scenic ferry ride from Silicon. Anderson Island's Riviera Community Club. Mulligan's welcome. Let's do that again. RivieraCommunityClub.com. Let's do that again. <laughs> All right, so I, I go want to hear some of the lines, Chase. Can you do that middle line for me? Uh, what was the uh, middle line? It was like a two-parter. I forgot. I wanted to say it, but uh, then... Hold on. I can, I can skim through it. All right. I, okay. I, yeah, I all right. All right. So it was... Mulligan. Hi. And leisurely lifestyles. Yeah, right from combing here. the beaches right by here. to fishing the lakes to casual barbecues by the marina. You can say that again. And don't Okay, next one. No, the next one. The oh, next okay. one. Forget the golf. You can say that again, too. That one. Sure. I want I want to hear that. I want to hear that crack in the two chase. I want to hear it on the first take. You can say that again, too. I want to hear it. I want, you can because I don't even know how you got that high. I can't even go that high. Well, you can I, say I, that again. I, I, too. I, I, I had to stand, you know. Yeah. So you know I am standing. I, yeah, I was gonna uh, you can say that again. Two. No, you can't. You, there was a crack in that, too. That was your... You gave it your best. That was your best ever, man. That was your moneymaker well, one. Why is my voice lower than the lady? I don't know, man. I didn't produce this. I, so I, I think this is uh, uh, this is going to be your uh, your breakthrough right here. They're going to hear this guy and they're be like, this is the guy we got to get on all the commercials. That golf place is... Pe- Mulligan's going to send the people to that golf place and then... And then mul- mul- yeah. And, <laughs> wow. Well, so... Um, uh, yeah, so there I'm, you go. I'm excited to say that uh, we uh, we pulled the trigger on getting a producer for the show. I think we mentioned that a couple of weeks well, ago. Well, last week the, the, he was throwing some clips over this way. Yeah, and we we put out a lifeline to the audience and said, you know, the show's just getting to the point where it's been such a it's been such a marathon yeah. run for 140 weeks that you know we had to do something to kind of break it up. <laughs> Sorry, what? I can't look at the chat. <laughs> Why? What are they saying? A soundbite balls were squeaking. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So um, don't look at the chat. I'm we really excited because the now chat. that producer Matt's here, uh, I think I'm going to get like, you know, half a Wednesday freed up. I know. And so I'm thinking, you know, i got to wait a week or two to make sure we have our feet underneath us. But I'm thinking in a week or two, I want to come down and visit you at oh, work. Oh, I would Check love to give the you tour. The, 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 a highly technical yeah, tour. Yeah. By the, by the way, can we... T- I want to talk about real quick about yeah. the unf- uh, fil- so Patreon going back to filter. this. You know, yeah. we put a lot. We said that I said to the audience, I said, you know, we're bringing on a producer. The show it really needs the support. You know, and one of the things that drives me crazy, we still haven't gotten the show notes to a place I like them, but it's just like the, the media comes first. Uh, and and I said, so I, one of the things I want to do is I can tell I'm I'm just no longer even treading water. I'm I'm drowning. And uh, so it's uh, a lot. Producer Matt, uh, he stepped up from the community. And uh, where's Matt from? He's uh, he's down in Texas. He's sweet. Yeah, he's been he's been sending me messages about sort of the flood situation down oh, there. Oh, I bet. That's yeah, rough. but you know he's got a great pulse uh, for the news. He's been following it really closely. We collaborated this week on. Uh, there's um, some new details on CIA torture oh. that uh, I haven't been able to find audio on anywhere. But producer Matt went out and found like the one audio. So I don't think you're going to hear this anywhere else but in this show today. Thanks to him. Wow. So we're going to play awesome. that in a bit. Yeah. So, but here's the best part, Chase, and this is the thing I'm really excited about. Okay. Is you know we can't we're going to pay him because this is it is seriously hard work yeah and uh, I, but financially we couldn't afford to do it and, and I said to the audience I said if the show's going to go on we've got to get producer on board yeah. if we're going to get a producer on board we got to pay them and if we're going to get there we got to get to probably four hundred patrons to sort of start being able to pay Matt well man I am super excited to say that right now at patreon.com slash unfiltered hit the fantasy Final Fantasy music now. we are at well hold on I'm going to refresh right now we are at three hundred ninety nine I'm going to hit the refresh. We are 399, one away today. One away from 400. If we did one away, one today, like during the show. Any one of you. We can hit the 400 mark and uh, we can start uh, right there. We can say producer Matt is going to. Now, as that goes up, we will ramp up what we can afford to pay everybody and including, you know, Matt will be whoever's working for us at the time. So it starts small. So there's actually a lot of room for you know, growth. You know, there. I'm thinking if you if you scroll down there, Chris, you know, I, I, I know we shouldn't talk about this during the show, but maybe so we, we should, should do milestones. We should add a milestone going there. I'm just so bad at it because I never think about it. Yeah. You know, but you're right. We should. And and I, I agree. That would be really awesome. So uh, we'd love to get to 400 today or tomorrow or as soon yeah. as possible. Absolutely. To, and, uh, yeah, so uh, here we go. Patreon.com slash unfilter. Now, with that said, let's yeah. get into the show, Chase. Please got, do. We do have a ton to cover. Yeah. And everybody I'm listening sure is aware that over the weekend, well, we told you it was coming last week, over the weekend, the Patriot Patriot Act. It expired. Yes. Yes, it did. No yes. More yes, the Woo! spike's over. Let's play it again. Woo! Yeah. Wait, what? Wait. No. Wait, what, what, what? No, The spike's over. No. Hold it's on. Wait. Let's whack. Let's walk about okay, it and see right, what happened. Right, right. Uh, so okay. for uh, for a few hours, the bulk metadata collection program uh, it was indeed uh, suspended. 
key sections of the Patriot Act expired overnight after the Senate failed to act before a midnight deadline. Senators were not able to pass a bill extending the government's authority to collect bulk phone information, track lone wolf threats, and follow suspects who changed their phones. Republican Senator and presidential candidate Rand Paul blocked a final Senate vote during a very unusual Sunday session. Nancy Cordes is on Capitol Hill, where the Senate is now moving to Plan B. Nancy, good morning. Good morning. This is not a deadline that snuck up on anyone. They have known about this for years, but the Senate pushed off their vote until the last minute, and that gave Senator Paul the opening he's been waiting for. I'm not going to take it anymore. I don't think the American people are going to take it anymore. The Senate's most ardent privacy advocate made good on his threat Sunday, forcing a halt of the National Security Agency's bulk collection of U.S. phone records, first revealed by Edward Snowden. We can't allow the rule of law to be so trod upon that we live in an arbitrary governmental world where they collect anything they want anytime they want. This is the tip of the iceberg. The move drew fury from his fellow Republicans. It's a bunch of hokum, and it's wrong. Who said he was exaggerating the program's reach. At one point, they even tried to keep him from speaking. People don't know the rules of the Senate. Maybe they should learn off Mr. The President, I request the remaining five minutes of time on the opposite side. Is there objection to the request of the senator from Kentucky? I object. Some accused Paul of cashing in on the controversy. The presidential candidate has been urging his supporters to chip in to his stop NSA spying showdown money bomb. Senate leader Mitch McConnell has endorsed his fellow Kentucky senator for president, but on Sunday he seemed angriest of all. We shouldn't be disarming unilaterally as our enemies grow more sophisticated and aggressive. I'm going to ask you this a couple times tonight, Chase. But uh, yes, sir. So yeah. uh, what he is, what he, what I believe Mitch is saying here is by uh, letting these provisions expire of the Patriot Act. Yeah. Not the entire Patriot Act, but yeah. Section uh, two fifteen. Yeah. That is disarming America. Is that is that what he's saying? I I, I believe can, can so. I, of course, on, you, play you, you can go ahead and scrub that yeah, back okay. a little bit. Yeah. Sunday, he seemed angriest of all. We shouldn't be disarming unilaterally. Oh, disarming unilaterally. So that's that's pretty significant. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We're, As our we're, enemies we're, grow more sophisticated and aggressive. Um, hmm. I, I chase. I, hey, Chris. I, yeah, um, uh, yeah. You you have a document over there. Yeah, I know right, you yeah. do. Uh, can you go ahead and pull that up? Yeah. Uh, can you tell me the name or names yeah, yeah. of uh, the people uh, that, uh, thanks to this uh, awesome provision, the 215, uh, that we've been able to uh, take care of uh, through this? Uh, through this, uh, Can you go ahead and pull that? You got that there? Yeah, I'm just looking. Okay. It, it may be on the last page. There's a lot of pages here. Yeah, I know. Maybe it's on the last page. Is it there? Um, I, I, uh, this is mm. we haven't. Uh, this is that the metadata spying program uh, hasn't stopped a single terrorist, and in fact, we've had Wait, several attacks what? in the United what? States. No, since this. that can't be right because, according to Congress, yeah. according to them, Chris, uh, it, because of this program, we're much safer. So there's got to be a name on there. There's, uh, you sure? Can you check? There was a fat guy that was sending some money to Yemen, but we stopped him. Okay, but that was a direct result from this program. Uh, no, not not direct, but they did use the program to double check on it once they had him under surveillance. Wait, but was he American? No. So, so wait, so he wasn't American. He was in America. Okay, but but this program spying on Americans. I I, I got nothing for you. There's. Well, maybe Mitch. We'll let Mitch explain. All right, all right, Mitch. Go ahead. And we certainly should not be doing so based on a campaign of demagoguery and disinformation. In a statement late Sunday night, the White House urged the Senate to ensure this irresponsible lapse in authorities is as short-lived as possible. But Paul argued the threat is not as great as the president claims. People here in town think I'm making a huge mistake. Some of them, I think, secretly want there to be an attack on the United States so they can blame it on me. Ooh! Can you believe? Now he he walked that back. And and, and, and look at her. Look at look Nancy's at face. Look at Nancy's look. She's like, wow, he said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. All right. The House passed a bill three weeks ago that would reform the metadata program, moving the collection of phone records from the NSA to the phone companies themselves. The Senate started moving in that direction last night, but because of the way the Senate works, a vote 
won't come until Tuesday or Wednesday at the earliest, which means, Gail, that the NSA program will remain in limbo until then. Yes! Wow, yes! wow, yes! Woo! Woo! finally, finally. Uh, hey, Chase, well, let's just take a pause right here for some yeah. uh, breaking news. Breaking news, Fox uh, alert. Co- coming in right now to the Unfilter program, uh, producer what? Matt tells us we just hit 401 Yo, patrons. That is awesome! That is really awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, that is really cool. Thank you, everybody. And uh, thank you. We want to keep that going up as well because uh, we're just starting small right now, but it does make it at least possible and gives the show. Uh, was it Obama? <laughs> yeah, what, that was Obama. Congra- congratu- congratulating him. Yeah, That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you like that? Uh, <clears throat> I'm excited about that. Thank you very much. And I'd love to see that keep going up. That would be great. Uh, now, let's go on now to uh, the vote on this whole bill. And this, I, we're going to spend a little time here because I think all the dynamics of this are very interesting. Watching who has become the new champion to, to, to destroy Americans' rights, who is defending it. All of this I find to be extremely fascinating. So this, we're going to wallow in it for a minute. All right. The Senate is expected to vote this morning to reinstate anti-terror programs that expired on Sunday night. The National Security Agency would once again be able to search and collect bulk phone records. But as Nancy Cordes reports from Capitol Hill, there are questions over... How long this would last. Nancy, good morning. Good morning, Nora. The bill that they are going to vote on would take the controversial collection of NSA records out of the agency itself, put those phone records with the phone companies. But are there are still big questions over how this would work. I want to clarify this because they're going to say that a lot. And I've said it in the supporter show, but I'm just going to say it now that uh, <clears throat> records will be sitting on NSA servers at the phone company. So it's going to be on-premise at the phone company, uh, but my understanding is that once they get a warrant, the NSA will have direct access to it. Now, I, this is what I have – this is what I understand from okay. reports. I don't know if – I do not know that for certainty, but the reason – here's what I've been told is the reason they're doing this is they wanted a standardized approach for all of the metadata from all of the different telcos. Right. And they want something they could scale that they could put in different telcos in different countries that have completely different standards and systems. And so they wanted something that they could just put there on premise and then the telco provides a lot of the power and the operation of it. But they are going to go in there and probably – they would do any servicing, I would assume. Right. I'm guessing that part. But they then can do direct pulls from it. In fact, my understanding is that if they can, if they can show – if they can demonstrate some sort of um oh i believe the word i can't i can't remember for sure but i believe it's imminent danger is the word that they use uh then they can go directly to get the data before they even have to go to the fisa court they're just required to go to the fisa court within a certain amount of time to make sure it's okay uh you you should be exchanging fisa court with rubber stamp oh right sorry thank you thank you how investigators would quickly access that data if they needed to track a terrorist it's time to get the job done on fisa Senate leaders are moving quickly, trying to get past the embarrassment of missing that Sunday night deadline. As soon as today, they'll vote on a bill that passed the House overwhelmingly three weeks ago. This is the USA Freedom Act, which we've been talking about for about a month, I think, or more. Yeah, about a month. Called the USA Freedom Act. It gives the NSA six months to shift the collection of phone records to the phone companies. I want to see that the transition period is extended from six months to 12 months. Senate Intelligence Chairman Richard Burr is pushing for amendments to the bill. I want to find out more about that meditative program because it sounds interesting. Like, I think that's a pretty critical detail. Who really owns that data? Is the NSA owning that data? But how is this exactly working? exactly. Setting up a possible clash with House leaders. I want the assurance that when this program transitions, that we'll be able to access that database and to do it successfully. Twelve months uh, uh, seems like it should be sufficient. For now, the program remains in limbo. Its legal authorization expired. That means investigators can't initiate new searches of the phone records database that the NSA secretly created after 9-11. It was exposed by Edward Snowden. This is a debate. It was actually created before 9-11. Over your right to be left alone. And while Kentucky Senator Rand Paul may be the program's most vocal critic, many lawmakers on the right and left say storing the dates and times of phone calls violates the privacy of law-abiding citizens. Senator Angus King of Maine. While the current administration or the prior administration may have no inclination to misuse that data, we have no idea what may come in the future. If you want to get the right on your side, just say, imagine Hillary with this power. Imagine the Clintons back in the White House with this power. And then the right will all get it behind Rand. <laughs> it looks like the Senate does have the votes to pass the Freedom Act. But if they amend it the way that Senator Burr and others want to, then the House will either have to pass that version or find some kind of compromise. And so far, Gail, House leaders haven't indicated that they're interested in a compromise. 
All right. Thank you, Nancy. Thanks, Nancy. Thanks, Nancy. All right. So moving on, moving forward, uh, they did indeed pass it. We now have new rules. Uh, There's been uh, some words exchanged, some harsh words exchanged, and some slight adjustments made to the USA Freedom Act. Here's what we have. The National Security Agency can once again access your phone records. That power lapsed for almost two days. It is back under new rules. Data about calls can only be stored by phone companies, and the government will need a court order to get it. It's a system laid out in a congressional bill that the House passed weeks ago. The Senate approved it yesterday after days of delay. Here's NPR's Elsa Chang. The surveillance blackout lasted only a couple days, but to senators on both sides of the fight, even such a short lapse was a dramatic shift from the political climate they faced in the wake of 9-11. Republican John Cornyn of Texas remembers when the Twin Towers fell. It's pretty stark. I remember watching the TV when my wife pointed my attention to the TV set when the second plane hit the tower just as I was getting ready to announce my Senate race. Cornyn says back then the country would have Who never been an so, God, come um, on, man. <clears throat> Seriously? I love that, you know, tying this to the 9-11 stuff. That's always my favorite thing. I know, I know, I know. Uh, the thing is, is we've provided links in many show notes before. Uh, you can find it. It existed beforehand. Uh, the metadata collection program existed before the Twin Towers were hit. Okay? So this is a BS excuse. Her surveillance program expire or enacted a law that weakened the government's ability to keep the country safe. I hope and pray that we don't experience a successful attack on our home soil also also Uh, also also different hijackers were under surveillance already by the fbi there they were being monitored their lines were being tapped now the line is that they just didn't communicate with the other agencies but the idea that we didn't have these programs so that happened is completely false because several of the hijackers were under surveillance before they hijacked a plane so the entire argument so not only did the meditator program exist before 9-11 dang it but we had the hijackers already on some of the hijackers already under surveillance so the entire argument is bogus completely because we've essentially given up some of these essential tools in order to detect terrorist activity before it occurs. To many Republicans, giving up the ability to scoop up millions of Americans' phone records is a reckless overreaction. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell wanted to restore the surveillance program that had grown up since 2001, but all his proposed changes to the bill failed. I think Congress is misreading the public mood if they think that Americans are concerned about the privacy implications of this has been Mitch's big line Mitch's big line has been look the American people don't care about surveillance the American people are comfortable with this I've got the data if they think that Americans are concerned about the privacy implications of this let me say again as other speakers have said repeatedly nobody's listening to your phone calls maybe not but in the end most of the Senate thought McConnell was missing the real his statement is is almost factual, and I mean it's a collection of metadata. Uh, you know, the records of me calling you, you mm-hmm. calling me, mm-hmm. you calling. Yeah, when whoever. you text me saying you're on your way here, right? Th- there's a there metadata. was a Chase okay. Nunes sent a text message to Chris Fisher. This number to that number. Actually, there's no name, but of course, I mean, it's if just I your call number. you up on the phone and we have a conversation, you know, a few minutes, whatever. The yeah. phone number. The phone number is logged. Right. That's logged. But yeah, maybe they're not listening to the call. Right. But they're logging the data. They're, gonna and see that, but they're also going to see every single Wednesday that text message is sent yeah. around this time. Yeah, but he keeps saying nobody's listening to your calls. Right. That's bull. It's not about a listening part. Right. right. That's not the part we're arguing. Phone calls. Maybe not, but in the end, most of the Senate thought McConnell was missing the real harm. Democrat Ron Wyden of Oregon has been one of the fiercest opponents to the phone records program. The fact of the matter is, when the government knows who you called, when you called, and where you called from, the government doesn't need to be listening to have a lot of private and personal information about those law-abiding Americans. It's a point Edward Snowden made two years ago when he first told the world about the phone records data gathering under the Patriot Act. And yesterday, Snowden appeared on live video before a London audience claiming vindication. I think it is meaningful, it's important, uh, and actually historic 
that this has been repudiated not just by the courts, but by Congress as well. And the president himself is saying that this mass surveillance program has to end. But back in Washington, Snowden was not such a hero in the eyes of the Senate. Democrat Martin Heinrich of New Mexico noted that what Snowden really proved was that data gathered by the National Security Agency was vulnerable to abuse. One of the lines of argument that you heard again and again on the floor was, why are you concerned about the government holding this data? We're going to make sure that nobody ever accesses it in a way that's not authorized. And I think the behavior and actions of Edward Snowden absolutely destroy that line of argument. Exactly. The president signed the bill within hours of the Senate. Oh, within hours. You know, isn't it funny? Immediately. Isn't it funny when when it comes to um, destroying American citizens' privacy? Uh, they work their asses off. Yeah. They work through the weekend. They work on the Lord's Rest Day. They, the president. You, you heard Nancy say a rare Sunday. Right. The president manages to clear his schedule and sign this thing immediately. The president, whose who, who, whose day is scheduled out three months in advance, yeah. manages. I mean, they just move on this one, of course. Boy, they had just no time uh, at all. Now, you know, Mitch and and I have lots of clips in the overtime folder. And if you're a, so if you're an unfiltered supporter, and man, it's so awesome. That we got to uh, 401 uh, Zeke. Yeah, that's awesome. Our Zeke in the chat room was our 400th, and Yay, that's so awesome. that's so cool. You know, uh, one of the things you'll hear if you go into the overtime folder, and there's like 30 overtime clips in there, is a lot of clips of Mitch McConnell uh, saying, look, the U.S. people are okay with this. The U.S. people have been surveyed. He even quotes CNN. He says, look, a CNN poll says that 66% of people are okay with surveillance. So what's the big deal? Now, Chase, yeah. we've said it many times. Yes. The big problem with these surveys is how do you ask the question? Of course, yeah. Right? Well, yeah. that's exactly the topic that this clip digs into. And it turns out when they ask the question a certain way, Americans say they like the Patriot Act. So what do Americans think about government surveillance programs? Pollsters have been asking that question in various ways, and the answers are all over the map. NPR's Danielle Kurtzleben has been poring over some recent polling, and she joins me to sift through what she's found. Danielle, welcome. Thank you. And let's start with a CNN poll that came out today, and it shows very solid support for the NSA data collection program. What are the numbers? Right, yeah. Uh, 61% of Americans said Congress should renew the law allowing the NSA to collect that bulk phone data. And only 36% said that Congress should not renew it. And here's what's kind of puzzling, because I was looking at a Pew Research Center poll taken last year. seems to show virtually the opposite results. They were asking people if they feel there are adequate limits on what telephone and internet data the government can collect. So a very different question, but what did they find? Right. They found that 65% said no, there are not adequate limits on what the government can collect. Only 31% said yes. So how would you explain that those numbers are basically the inverse of what CNN found? I think what you can see in this is that people trying to weigh two very desirable things against each other. People like their privacy. They want their privacy, understandably. People like security. They don't want to have to think about or worry about the threat of terrorism, and they want that as well. And trying to weigh one against the other is very difficult, and different surveys show different things on this. And what's clear in all of this, Danielle, is that how these questions are framed has everything to do with the results. There are trigger words that will lead to a very different response. Right. How you word the question can heavily influence how people respond to the question. So, for example, in a 2007 study, researchers at the University of Connecticut found that when they gave a very benign description of the Patriot Act, simply saying, It allows the government to collect data in an attempt to stop terrorism. People were more likely to support it, as opposed to when the researchers said that the Patriot Act allows the government to search homes, to look at library records, that sort of thing. In that case, people were much less likely to support the act. Pew studied this in 2013 when they included the phrase terror with respect to government surveillance, you know, saying Mm -hmm. the government surveillance is used to try to thwart terrorism. That did make people much more likely to support that kind exactly. of government Exactly. Exactly. Yes. There was something else that was interesting in that Pew study, which was the finding that the more people know about these programs, the more concerned they are about the limits. Which Now check this out. The more people know about these programs, the more they're concerned about their limits. Which made me think, 
probably the people who are most concerned about it make it their point to know a whole lot about these programs. Right. You can see it going either way. You can see that, you know, it is possible that people learn more about the law, learn more about the sorts of surveillance the government can do and say, wow, I don't really approve of this. Or, you, yes, like you said, you can also see people saying, man, I really don't like the sound of this, looking more into it, and it reinforces their point of view. So it's hard hmm. to tell the causality. I think, uh, and either way you split it, despite what they're saying there, either way you split it, the more you learn about these surveillance programs, the more informed you are on these programs, the more concerned you are. The more er- the more uh, ignorant yeah. you are about these programs, the less yeah. concerned you are. Absolutely right. And that's what that shows. And then they go out there and they ask these people these questions. Uh, I want to just, since this is the lead up to the 2016 elections, Rand Paul has done a pretty good service here to at least raise awareness about this. But we have to acknowledge that it is the election season for him. And there must be some of that at play here. And you have to wonder, how is this going to play out? And Chase, this clip is fascinating. As we approach the 2016 election cycle, uh, Rand Paul is pretty much the only politician that's really kind of speaking this way. Ron Wyden has done quite a bit and some others have. But Rand Paul is really in the spotlight right now. And with the other Republican candidates coming forward, it's interesting to see them not being so comfortable with this. And I think this clip kind of highlights that, which is interesting moving forward because I hope this becomes an, an important topic in the public debate. And the private debates, too. Tonight, Rand Paul increasingly at odds with some key members of his own party, doubling down on his opposition to government surveillance, tools supporters say are vital to fighting terrorism. Oh, and Chase, uh, what was it again, that number I read you earlier? How many terrorists? Uh, We checked the paperwork, and that was not zero. Oh, but these are, I'm I'm pretty sure she said that was vital. Maybe she sent, maybe she said vitamin to stop you. Did she misspoke? She said maybe it's vitamins for terrorism. And by the way, is that from the Matrix, the letters? It is. Okay. Down on his opposition to government surveillance, tools supporters say are vital to fighting terrorism. Our founding fathers, the intent was to protect our privacy. Paul has led the charge against the NSA's mass collection of phone data. He took to the Senate floor this weekend to block attempts to extend the program beyond its June 1st expiration, now just days away. That prompted an eye roll from one fellow Republican. I object. Objection is heard. Our forefathers would be aghast. Lindsey Graham is asleep in that clip. I don't know if you saw that. He was he fell asleep. <laughs> Wow. A libertarian with an isolationist streak, he's also blaming some in his party for the rise of ISIS. ISIS exists and grew stronger because of the hawks in our party who gave arms Whoa. indiscriminately, and most Whoa. of those arms were snatched Whoa. up by ISIS. Whoa. Comments also drawing fire from his fellow presidential hopefuls. Now, how can they? Now, what are these guys going to say? Because if they really want to get the nomination, they can't say the crap that Rand Paul's yeah, saying. You yeah, don't get totally. to become president when you say that crap. So what are they going to say? It comes to foreign policy, which is an increasingly important issue. His statements yesterday and some of his previous statements, I just think, render him unsuitable. I think there's a lot of good things about it, but I think yeah. he's just wrong on this one. I would expect to hear that from maybe Bernie Sanders. I, I don't expect to hear that from someone running for the Republican nomination. So now, so now, the, now begins the moment where we paint Rand Paul as an isolationist. We paint Rand, Rand Paul as somebody who has no foreign policy experience. Well, and, of course, Lindsey Graham comes out and says, hey, I'm Mr. Foreign Policy over here, John McCain. Well, the one thing you got to realize is, you know, obviously in running for president, you know, your opponents, you know, you got to get many people out of the race as possible. And if you can get everybody to gang up against him, well, mm-hmm. that's it's a good strategy. That's exactly what's happening. All vows to keep blocking the NSA programs, sending snarky tweets like this to President Obama. In 2006, you said we should defend privacy of Americans. So you were for privacy before you were against it? and calling on his supporters to stand with Rand and throw in some cash. His campaign even selling this filibuster starter pack. But wait a minute. You know, the me- this, is, this is part of the biased media, in my opinion. Why? Because when Obama was running for president, you know, he was selling stuff through his store online, you know, hope and change yeah, but and shirts it's and all that stuff. one thing to do that when you're selling uh, the posters and, and, and hats. I think it's another story when uh, you are selling filibuster starter packs and you're holding up legislation that impacts domestic surveillance. Like it feels like a different kind of Well, that's that's a campaign manager issue than at that point. I don't think he's the one saying, "Hey, we should do a filibuster starter pack." I don't think he's the one making those decisions and he needs to probably tell somebody, "Hey, knock that off." Don't you think it seems a little low rent? It's a little low rent, but I don't think he personally has something to do with that. That's right. more of a campaign. Well, and then the thing. flip side is like 
you know, he's not a billionaire like uh, some of these other guys running are, and he's got to raise money as fast and as aggressively as possible. That's true. The T-shirt that reads, the NSA knows I bought this Rand Paul T-shirt. Still, Paul's opponents say he's wrong. Oh, man. So, Chris Christie, this is a good one. Now, so all of the main, all the mainline candidates obviously are for the NSA metadata collection and all of that. I, I love, though, Chris Christie has to take it over the top with his arrogance in the way he, he, the way he handles this. On the NSA. NJ There's nobody who's engaging in this Oops. national conversation other than me who's used these tools. What? W- wait, what? <laughs> now, no, he did not just... Now, hold Wait, on. What? Yeah. Now, this is Chris Christie. Let's from, from New Jersey. Opponents say he's wrong on the NSA. There's nobody who's engaging in this national conversation other than me who's used these tools. What an asshole thing to say. What an amazingly asshole thing to say. Wow. I've used them for seven years yeah. as a prosecutor. And what they talk about is theoretical. What I talk about is actual. I just I when I wow. hear that like as a prosecutor he used wow. the NSA metadata collection tools my ass Chris Christie my ass so uh, yeah now they're all taking pot shots at him uh, but it, so so a good fight has begun out of this and uh, the USA I bet Free- he loved using those tools uh, illegally yeah I bet he loved yeah it. if he's been using them for seven years then he's been using them illegally yeah yeah, yeah. wow thank you for yes yeah. <laughs> I, I will, yeah, I know. Uh, now listen. By the way, yeah, uh, I'm, I don't even need to red book this. Chris Christie will not be the president. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm just gonna throw you that out there. So, huh? No, I don't, I don't think uh, so. Okay, all right. Now uh, we have more information about the USA Freedom Act in um, uh, the show notes. But Chase, you'll be happy to know that the lone wolf provision was also extended, which yes! allows. Yep, you don't have to be connected to terrorism Finally. for them to track you. Good. And also uh, the roaming warrant, so they just need to track you as a person, and they can track you across all of your phones, devices. Oh, thank God. Yeah. That's so, good. I feel yeah. safer already. Yep. Yep. That's good. Uh, USA Freedom Act is here, and uh, you know what, everybody? Let's just give it one for the eagle. <laughs> now, uh, while we're talking about our freedoms, uh, you know, the Internet's been on this one for a couple of years, but the FBI's been flying overhead, snooping on people, and now we got new documents to give us some good, juicy details. Aerial surveillance by the FBI is nothing new, but we're learning more about the size and the scope of the program. So a review by the Associated Press published this week reported that the agency flew above more than 30 cities in 11 states over a 30-day period. And the report also said that planes were masked by the existence of at least 13 fictitious companies. Now, in response to that, the, the FBI released a statement saying that its unit is no secret. I like that they used fictitious companies to do this. because they just. <laughs> and by the way, did you see the listings of these companies? No. They're like like the uh, AFD uh, aviation or like yeah so what I want to know is they made these like fake three letter companies yeah. right I want to know what those internal acronyms are oh because you know that they stand for something I want to know did, when they set up these phony companies is there like one or two people that man them and like do you get a job at the FBI as just like being the shell company right and you answer the call or, yeah so like yeah just call me yeah okay yeah. Right, yeah. you ready yeah. Yeah. Ring, ring, ring. yeah hi CDE aviation yeah I just uh, I just looking you guys up on Google I see you guys are an aviation company, and uh, I wanted to book you to fly out to Alaska. No, I'm sorry. Uh, we only do uh, private business com- uh, conferences. Uh, I'm sorry. I'll, yeah. I have another call. Can I place you on hold uh, real quick? Uh, uh, okay. Uh, thanks. And then I just leave you on hold forever. Yeah, and then you just catch the and paycheck. Then, and, and then you hang up because you're pissed. I'm like, I'm yeah. not going to do business with yeah, them. Yeah. And then that's how we and, get rid of you. And then people are like, well, they're just going to go out of business, and then they don't ever think about it. Right. That's got to be how it goes, man. Yeah. All right, Wait, can- do they get their own tax deductions? Of course. Yes! They're companies. <laughs> That's a great write-off. Wow, this is a good system. This This is is smart. Wait, we should work for the FBI. And describe the secrecy as protected for operational security purposes. So essentially they're saying, this isn't a secret, but we don't publicize this either. Now, an official I spoke to, a law enforcement official, told me that the existence of the fleet of planes are registered under those fictitious companies because the FBI wants to be as discreet as possible. Essentially, it doesn't want people to put what they're doing on their radar. (laughs) So... And so here's what I want to know. Speaking of radar, by the way, you ever use a f- website called FlightAware? Uh, no. So FlightAware is a really cool website. Uh, basic- oh, actually, is that the one that shows you like all of the flights? I was just going to yeah, pull it yeah, up yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, just go ahead and pull it up. So basically, FlightAware is really neat. Uh, you can see what 
planes are in the air at the present time. Yeah, in fact, and, I was looking at this uh, the other day, and there was one that was labeled uh, unidentified. Yeah. So, How do I find that? Uh, <laughs> so you can, uh, you can like pull up airport if you want or – Like a live – can I get a live map? Yeah, here's a yeah. live map of San Francisco. Yeah, 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 go pull that up. So you can see flights that are in and out and then that are flying over places. You can actually blow up that map too if you move your mouse over the cursor in the bottom right corner of the map. Yep, there you go. Zoom and enhance. Yeah. So it's really, really cool. But here's the thing. This is really – I feel like I'm – You can go to FlightAware and say, hey, I don't want my plane on your site. It's private. Like, for example, Tiger Woods, you know, he's going to be flying up here for the U.S. Open here in a couple weeks. Yeah. His his plane is not on FlightAware because they don't want fans tracking his plane as they sure. fly in. And you can also see sure. planes, how they fly around weather and Yeah, I'm stuff. watching that right now, actually. And that's, there's a big sucker right there, too. Yeah, yeah it's really cool. This but, is really cool. This is a great site. To so I'm wondering if the FBI deregistered their planes on FlightAware. That's, <laughs> I, I wonder about this stuff now, thinking yeah. about this. You know, what I, I what steps did they take? I think it's all I think it's all interesting when you, when you look at the fact that they have those dirt boxes. They're doing these unregistered flights. Yep, it's fascinating, yep. Yep. Yeah. Hey, uh, you know, we need to do a bad guy update, and uh, the, the uh, bad guy, he is expanding his territory. And you'll notice, too, I don't know if I got him in these clips, but uh, we're starting to refer to ISIS. ISO, Chris. Dash, as just Islamic State now. Oh, is. Now we're fighting a state. IS. Yes, we're fighting a state. Ah. Airstrikes by Iraqi forces against suspected ISIS militants designed to show Iraqi forces in the fight. But disturbing signs, even in government-controlled Baghdad, the reality is different. ISIS claimed responsibility for two hotel bombings in the capital, unsettling residents in a city ringed by 100 Iraqi battalions, as many as 50,000 troops, according to U.S. estimates. The fact is that ISIS has a lot of momentum right now. Uh, So what we're dealing with is a central government that has, in essence, practically lost control over large sections of the country. So ISIS now has a central government, you guys. Nice. Yeah. And large sections of its armed forces. It's a very dangerous situation to be in. From Fallujah and Ramadi in the west and Beji and Mosul in the north, U.S. military officials privately acknowledge in these Sunni areas, ISIS has gained ground and is not on the defensive, as the Pentagon has publicly said. ISIS stockpile of captured weapons provided by the U.S. to the Iraqis is growing, Prime Minister Haider al-Abadi said. So uh, ISIS has gotten more U.S. weapons. Oh, and uh, more soundtracks for their videos. I, w- I want that. Is that soundtrack available on Amazon? Yeah, it is actually. That soundtrack is available. It yeah. is. A, yeah. Uh, so um, they have. So th- this. There's been several reports that they've acquired more. They went and got more guns from the Iraqis. Now, remember last week we talked about how the Iraqi army was being painted as a totally incompetent, despite the fact that they were ordered to surrender and they weren't provided supplies and they didn't have backup support, uh, so they're able to get surrounded. But despite all of that. Uh, they're blaming the the skill level of the soldiers. Now here they're saying once again that ISIS has uh, been able to rearm themselves with uh, tanks and guns and whatnot because they've taken it again, American tanks and guns and whatnot, uh. because they took it from the Iraqis. So the fact that these ISIS fighters are fighting with nice fresh guns is because they just stole a whole new batch, you guys. Not because we've supplied them weapons directly through Libya. <laughs> As the Pentagon has publicly said, ISIS stockpile of captured weapons provided by the U.S. to the Iraqis is growing, Prime Minister Haider al-Abadi says. We lost around 2,300 Humvees in Mosul alone, and we are going to lose more tanks and Humvees. So then, in other words, ISIS just got 2,300 tanks and Humvees. This is what they're telling us. Oh, okay. All of this raising urgency at the White House, the Pentagon, and the CIA about what happens if a body cannot win against ISIS. On the military side, um, uh, I actually have asked my uh, staff before I left... This is Ash Carter, the defense secretary. ...to look at what we can do to increase our enabling of Iraqi forces. So we're going to enable the Iraqi forces. That's what we're going to do. Which, oh, yeah. Well, and we know this has worked in the past. Yes, yes. And uh, let's go ahead and continue what works. Don't worry, Chase. The coalition is going to meet in Paris, and after they have a delicious dinner, they're going to figure all of this out. Representatives from the International Coalition Against ISIS are meeting now in Paris. They have just held a news conference where Iraqi Prime Minister Haider al-Abadi made an urgent plea for more help fighting ISIS. The coalition is looking at how best to counter 
the militant group after a series of recent land grabs in Iraq and Syria. The summit comes just weeks after ISIS seized their strategically important Iraqi city of Ramadi. Iraqi Prime Minister Haider al-Albadi says Iraq desperately needs more support to fight ISIS on the ground, calling the militants' advance a failure on the part of the world. Huh. He is urging wow. coalition partners to commit more resources. Come back to Iraq. CNN's Nick Payton Walsh joins us now live from Baghdad. Uh, and Nick, the Iraqi prime minister asking for more resources. Do you think uh, that coalition partners will respond? Uh, in a word, I think uh, probably over time they'll have no choice, but I don't think you're going to see in the next week a sudden outpouring uh, of extra uh, extra materiel or individuals heading towards Iraq. Uh, Tony Blinken, the U.S. Deputy Secretary of State, quite clear in his comments, they believe they have the right strategy uh, at this stage and that it is having effect, claiming, in fact, that ISIS is uh, holding 29% less territory than when the strategy, in fact, itself began. But what Haider al-Abadi, the Iraqi Prime Minister, wants is extra aerial surveillance. Oh. They want that extra capacity to see where ISIS are and to hit them as they move. Now, that has been an issue in the previous months. Obviously, a town like Ramadi, which they took in the last weeks, is maroon in the middle of the desert. So, arguably, you should be able to see ISIS as they move in, even if they are, as Iraqi air yeah, force in fact, officials have said. Drones wouldn't have helped the situation in Ramadi, I don't think. So, uh. it's, it's, kind of a funny, it's kind of a funny out. Uh, so, they're going to meet there, Chase. And my Red Book prediction remains, and I think we put this in the Red Book last week, that what they're going to decide to do is they're going to arm militants... Uh, they're going to give training to the Iraqi army and they're going to arm militants and they're going to have advisors and they're going to give them more drone support. That's my Red Book prediction and we'll hear more about that in the Boom. next couple of weeks. Hey, you remember yes, uh, yesterday, Yester Show? We should, why don't we call them, well, if we have Yesterdays, how come we don't have Yester Show or Yester Podcast or like, you know. A flashback. Just call it a flashback. So last week we talked about this weird anthrax story that was breaking. You remember that? The, yeah. The, yeah. Here's a little update. And this anthrax story got even more weird since last week. CNN has just learned exclusively the Pentagon now investigating whether it, the Department of Defense here in the Pentagon, accidentally, inadvertently received a shipment of live anthrax. What? As part of this overall investigation Let's let's regroup here. There were three shipments. They were supposed to be dead anthrax that went to 12 states and three countries and about 30 different facilities. In the last several minutes, CNN has learned exclusively the Pentagon Police Force, the Pentagon Force Protection Agency, the cops that protect everyone at the Pentagon. They are on the list of facilities that received a suspect shipment. Now they have to go back Why would they have that? and determine once and for all, did they inadvertently get live anthrax here at the Pentagon? Do you suppose they keep Brooke up on the screen the entire time because she's good looking? Like, like I've noticed, like, she really has to practice her focus face because they pretty much very – they only take her down for a few minutes here and there. She's – She's a looker. Yeah, and I've noticed, I noticed. I will not deny. I've noticed that fact. normally on CNN uh, they go full screen on Barbara all the time. Well, now I grant you, I I watch a lot of CNN, so maybe it's only something I would notice. But I noticed a lot of times they keep her up, uh, and otherwise uh, they go full screen on Barb. She's keeping me up too. Or was it dead anthrax as it was supposed to be? The big problem is the original batch did test live. Now everything has to be gone back through. You might. This so sounds like a PR cover yeah. story. We were meant. We meant to send a dead batch but you know the new guy totally mixed the dead lids with the live lids and so we accidentally sent the live anthrax we, we normally you know have it like behind a locked door and stuff but we lost the keys so uh we <laughs> and then with the lids i know we, like really this like, totally this is a cover story ask yourself why would the pentagon police force even have anthrax well apparently they regularly get these shipments of the dead anthrax they use it to calibrate the chem bio detection equipment they have here around the Pentagon as part of the p- levels of protection here in this building. Do you buy that? Mm, a little bit. A little bit. I, I think I could buy it. Yeah. Um, I, what I don't understand is why it went to different states. And uh, I still not understand how they would mix up live and dead so easily. Maybe it's the test, uh, our detections. And if that's the case, why didn't they just say that a week ago when they first reported this right. story? Uh, hmm, good, but good now call. they are on the list, the Pentagon Police Agency, as one of the places where they have to go back now, one of at least 30 places around the country, plus Australia, Canada, and South Korea, 
concern that they inadvertently got live anthrax from Dugway Proving Ground in Utah rather than the dead anthrax they were supposed to get shipped. Look, the Defense Department Look. says officially there is no threat to public health because all. All right, let's stop there. Yeah, there's no. That's not the. That's not the interesting part. She's gonna just go on and talk about the health risk. I just find that interesting that this kind of mix-up happens, and I think there's a larger story here. And this is an example of when the public never gets to find that's out. That's true. Now, I want to talk about this audio that uh, uh, producer Matt found. That is the. Uh, it's a follow-up on a CIA torture report out of Guantanamo. And it turns out that it's a little worse than just dripping water on people's faces. In fact, a lot worse. And the problem is it's coming from an ex-Guantanamo prisoner who became a government witness. Now, that's a big deal because as a government witness, it means the government believes this person has credibility. And now this person has come out and said that he was sexually abused by the CIA when he was at Guantanamo. In the first declassified account of a high-value al-Qaeda operative held at a CIA black site, a detainee turned government witness alleges CIA interrogators used a wider array of abuse and torture than previously disclosed. Reuters investigative reporter David Rode has the exclusive story. The, the person who's making these allegations is a confessed member of al-Qaeda. He's pled guilty. He's also a cooperating witness, and his lawyers say that shows that the government thinks he's credible. The problem for the government, he's now saying that there were many more forms of torture used, particularly sexual abuse, that he was videotaped um, while naked. He had ice water poured on his genitals. He also said he was threatened to be beaten with hammers, belts, uh, sticks, and baseball bats. Uh, None of that kind of threat or torture has come out before. Majid Khan was captured in Pakistan. He was first held at an unspecified CIA black site from 2003 to 2006, where the alleged sexual abuse took place. He spent the next eight years at Guantanamo Bay. He confessed to delivering money to al-Qaeda operatives, plotting with 9-11 mastermind Khalid Sheikh Mohammed to poison water supplies and serve as a sleeper agent for al-Qaeda in the U.S. The CIA says Khan's claims about sexual abuse are untrue. The CIA's interrogation methods were approved by the Bush administration. Oh, what happened there? We'll just stop right there, I guess. I guess we're going to, oh, oh, the clip died. The clip died, but you guys get the gist of it. I just, uh, I, I just, I hate that kind of stuff, Chase. I hate that kind of thing. But of course, I, the CIA—they're going to deny it. I mean, what? They're going to say, yeah, yeah, it happened. The thing is, is that is not getting any traction. It's just—it's not even an RT. Why? Why don't you think it's being picked up? Maybe I mean, we not just even don't RT. care about Guantanamo. Maybe we don't care about torture anymore. I don't know because it doesn't. I you know honestly, I think the reason why it's not getting any play, it doesn't fit the existing news cycle right now. Right? How do you fit it in? Yeah. How do you make it happen? That, that is a thing. And, and and unfortunately, in the day of ratings right now, you have to yeah. work it in the cycle because right. if you don't, people yep. are going to be like, why? Right. Do, wait, I know I want to hear about what's going on right with the, well, with just, the FBI flying over my or, house or that guy that's becoming a woman. What's his name? Oh, uh, Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah, Jenner. Yeah, Caitlyn Jenner. Uh, uh, Used to be Bruce Jenner. Oh, yeah, Bruce Jenner. Yes. Okay. Uh, I didn't know his name has changed. Um, Well, yeah, it's a her now. So, like, if we were a traditional news channel. Yeah. A traditional news podcast. That would be during our entertainment section. I would be crazy to tell producer Matt, hey, go spend half your morning tracking down audio about this torture report. Right. That would just not what you would spend your resources on. Exactly. That's why we're supported by our patrons. Yeah. So, Chase. Yes, uh, Chris. It is Chase's choice for our. We're going to end on a high note to kind of pick it back up because that was kind of heavy. Fair enough. We got two high note clips. We're going to play both of them. All right, but I get to pick what's first. You got it, buddy. All right. So, what do I got? Yeah, you're going to love this. All right. Now, uh, there, the first one, it piques my interest because you and I are witnessing the absolute devastation of the uh, medical cannabis market in Washington. That's right. Because they got to bring it in line, Chris. And they're now referring to it as a black market. That's right. And how the medical uh, market is fueling the black market. They haven't been paying their fair share, Chris. So that's clip number one is POTS thriving black market. It's not specifically focused on our medical stuff, okay. but it's just the thriving black market of POTS. All right. Which is a hot topic right now in Washington. All right. Clip number two, Chase. Yes, Chris. Marijuana church given tax exempt status. So I heard about that already. So let's go ahead and play you the start first, with, first All right. Clip. So here I'm going to pull this lot. Here we go, Chase. It is your first high note clip. You better believe it, baby. We still have a black market because they can still undercut uh, the retail market. An eighth of flowers can cost like $80 at the store, at least after taxes, but you can go find an eighth on the street for $30. 
there's a lot of indicators that the black market is really thriving, though. We, we still see people on Craigslist um, offering marijuana for sale between people with medical cards and now people who are over 21. Trying to determine what's legal and what's not legal is much more complicated, much more time-consuming now than it used to be. Get rid of that damn medical. This is the sour diesel from New York City. Yeah. One yeah. of the arguments that the people threw out there was they said, well, this is going to be a big gift to law enforcement. What we have found is regulating marijuana takes a lot more time and effort on the part of law enforcement than banning it. Oh, my God. Oh, my. Can you believe that? I've heard that argument for a lot of things. Actually, in our local area, not related to marijuana, but fireworks, because, you know, it's coming up on the 4th. They're saying, well, it's, it, you know, it'd be much easier if we just banned fireworks, because then we could just go after everybody. And if we see fireworks, go after them. It's the same. I've heard this argument for many different things, including marijuana. And ugh, what a crazy argument. I usually grow 30 pounds a year. I can get a medical license and grow up to 75 per person. I can have five people. Yeah, right over here. This is this is an area that I actually was involved with. This guy dies his hair. plants out of the building right over here. Right over there. And that was part of a much larger organization where we took thousands and thousands of plants out of homes and, and other places all over this uh, north part of Denver. I would think at least 50% of dispensaries take black market marijuana. Sometimes I'll put five pounds of weed on my motorcycle and drive up to Denver and put on my suit and tie and sell weed. So what I think, what I find, what I find to be uh, probably possible is there is probably some dispensaries that are dealing in the black market because we are taking something that has been illegal for like yeah. seventy years right. and we are transitioning to it being legal and we're not doing a super great job of it. Man, you can say that again. So of course there's going to be some of this going on. And again, yeah. All right, Chase. Now let's go to the uh, tax exempt status church because I think this is my favorite high note of the week. That might have been yours. This one uh. is mine. I'm feeling religious. Impact segment tonight: an amazing story out of Indiana. Amazing. First church- now, how much fun are we going to watch Papa Bear have here? Do uh, you think, you think, you think Papa Bear is on he, board with the marijuana gonna, church? Nah, he, we'll he, do it live. You think he's going to? You think he think he thinks the pot church is I'll a good idea? I'll write it and we'll do it live. With cannabis, everyone. Cannabis. Notified last week by the IRS, it will get tax exempt status. Woo! Church is founded by 59 year old Bill Levin, self employed carpenter, simply wants to smoke marijuana with other disciples. In the state of Indiana. Do you remember when we played him on yeah, the show? Right. Yeah, yeah, we played him uh, weeks back. Has officially recognized the Church of Cannabis. Yeah, buddy. As a religious nonprofit. He did it. Even though marijuana is against the law there. Yeah. No. Joining us now from Indianapolis, the opinion editor of the Indianapolis Star newspaper, Tim Swearing. Hey, Tim. This sounds like a big con to me, and I'm surprised oh, the weird. state of Indiana is buying into it. Oh, weird. It is something of a con, Bill, to be oh, honest. Uh, Mr. Levin has been a longtime advocate for the legalization of marijuana. He ran for elected office a couple of years ago, and that was the uh, chief plank in his platform. When the uh, religious freedom law was passed here in late March, uh, he got the bright idea of, of <laughs> launching this church, and two months later, it has IRS recognition. And state recognition as well. So how can this... What do you think of this, Chase? What do you think of this? You think this is great or you think it's this brilliant. is brilliant? I think it's, it's brilliant. brilliant. Why the hell not? If you wanted to have the Church of Carrots, have the Church of you Carrots know, for it, all it, I care. It, it, it demonstrates the mockery of the whole system. I mean, not just talking about marijuana. Yeah. I mean, just the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. And you have a, a gentleman here yeah. who's proving to yeah. that fact. Yeah. And of course... Uh, Whether you agree with them or not. Yeah, Papa Bear's not going to be uh, too kind to that. No. They recognize the Church of Cannabis when its sole gospel is we want to use an illegal substance in Indiana. Well, I, I think it was recognized by the state attorney general's office, and, and essentially what that means is they filed the, the uh, correct paperwork. Uh, <laughs> the, the church has yet to meet. The plan is to have its first service on July 1st, God. which is... Man, if we got... You know what? If we got to like a thousand unfiltered supporters... Yeah, we just go live. We go live from the cannabis church. Seriously, the only reason it has to be that many is because I would have to I would have to like cancel shows. I would, yeah, I would like, have to take a day off. Yeah, like a couple of days. Yeah. yeah, but if we could do it, man, we go there live. We go to the cannabis church, do the do the do a show live from the first church. Oh my god! It's when the the new religious freedom law takes effect. All right, so we assume it's going to be raided by the uh, Indianapolis authorities, right? Because <laughs> the service is about using an illegal substance in Indiana. 
It's going to be interesting to see. I think Mr. Levin is betting on the fact that uh, the police will not want the publicity uh, associated. There was strong pushback, as you may remember, when Indiana enacted its, its religious freedom, its thrift. Sure, law. the cupcakes and all of that, and, and yeah, everybody that? was mad, yeah. and they were gay bashing, and now he's trying to say, well, if you raid me, it's marijuana bashing. But it's really a different situation. It, it is a different yeah, situation. I mean, come he's, on. he's trying to come in under the radar. Well, not really, because he's out there publicizing his trip. Well, Papa Bear, you're out there publicizing. We'll play the rest in the uh, Thanks, Papa support. Bear. There's about five minutes left in that. I'm not going to play that whole thing. But I just think it's so great that your buddy's out there now uh, getting his church going. Hey. I think that's a good thing for him. Mr. Chase, is there anything else you want to cover today? Is there anything you'd like to mention, perhaps maybe that fantastic subreddit that we're big fans oh, of? Oh, man, that is such a great place you can head over to, Unfilter. Dot reddit dot com is the place you want to head to and get involved in the conversation. A lot of you guys, a lot of you guys really are are contributing to the show in a lot of ways and helping our producer out as well. And when you yeah. do that, he he will come here. I know he will. He's yeah. going to say, you know what? You guys are talking about this story. We should put it in the show this week. Yeah. And obviously, a lot of you guys talked about the Patriot Act. Also talked about how a declassified Pentagon report proved the U.S. helped create ISIS. Now, we've been talking about it on the show, but now a report by the government themselves showing... Linked right there in the subreddit. Showing right Right there there in that subreddit? That's right. Right there. Top story for past week. You think people... Actually, yeah, it does have a lot of votes, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. That's cool. Unfilter.reddit.com. You can make this show better. Yeah. Help us out, and maybe we'll we'll catch something over there. Hey, Chase, we just hit 402 patrons. Over at Patreon.com. Awesome. Thank you, everybody, for making the show possible. Yes. We really do appreciate it, and it's great to sit here and be able to do this for you guys. What That's happens what if we get it. to 420? Oh. Maybe we'll do a special episode. <laughs> <laughs> Very special. Now, Chris, during the course of the week, there are two different places now. Boom. That you, want some, you want some network news? If like you, you want, want to know, know what's about, going on with Jupiter Broadcasting? You can, you can, do, you can follow the network at uh, twitter.com slash Jupiter Signal. Nice. Yeah, Jupiter nice. Signal for uh, news and uh no, but like but let's say, you know what, I, I want to know more about what's going on in the head of Chris Fisher. Oh, check out uh, twitter.com slash Chris Elias. Still developing what I'll post there. I posted a picture or two last week. Oh, yeah. You never know. Might see some Yeah, I, I, I saw a, a picture of, uh, of a studio. Yeah, no, I cleaned all that up. It looks much better now. Yeah, that's very good. Yeah, what about you? Are you on the uh, on the uh, Twitter? I, I am on the Twitters. I give people three extra characters. Oh, jeez. I know. At Nunes, N-U-N-E-S. And if you were following me on Twitter earlier today, you would have gotten my 30-second commercial first. That's true. That's, That's right. True. Wow. Also, check him out online on his other place he likes to hang out. Geekgamer.tv. Yeah, that's right. All right, buddy. Here's what I want to tell everybody. Go over here and be a pro. Join us live. Won't you, JB Live.tv? We do it on a Wednesday. I, I got to say this real quick. What? A special announcement. I will be on the faux show this Sunday oh, with yeah. Angela. There you go. Unless the faux show is canceled. Yeah, because someone goes too long or something. Yeah, that happens. I'm yeah, I know. That. Yeah, but we're going to be talking Minecraft this Sunday. That's cool. All right, yeah. everybody. Well, thanks so much for tuning this week's episode of Unfilter. We'll see you right back here next, next week. week.